Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Welcome back to another episode of the Dead Drop. And if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. I appreciate having you here, friend. And if you've been with us for a while, make sure they're comfortable. Get them a nice spot on the couch, ready to sit down and listen to some gaming news. And I'll put the call out yet again. If you're a podcaster listening to this podcast and are keen to get a guest on your show, please feel free to hit me up at any point. I'm more than happy to jump on and talk about video games, education, technology, whatever you like. Get in touch at deaddroppod.com or send me an email to deaddroppod at gmail.com. All right, enough of my feigned humility. Let's get into the show. This is your transfer for the 20th of October, 2022. And these are the news stories that you need to know. First off, a bit of an update about Helena Taylor's accusations about very low pay and the reason for her not reprising her role as Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. It has since come to light that she was potentially offered a bit more money than the initial 4,000 for the entire job that she stated. Seems to be 4,000 across four sessions, which could total at about 15,000. Jason Schreier from Bloomberg has heard from multiple sources that haven't been confirmed, so it's all still conjecture at this stage. And while Platinum Games is yet to confirm anything specific, it seems that the discussion is continuing about the payment and remuneration for voiceover actors in the games industry, which I think is the most beneficial thing out of this discussion. It shouldn't be about picking sides, whether Helena has made some errors in the information she's conveyed or Platinum Games has made some bad business steps and bad faith steps with keeping people engaged in doing business with them, from a voiceover perspective at least. It should be about the discussion that's taking place with these common stories coming out from other voice actors, talking about how badly they are paid, how bad the conditions can be sometimes, and how low those agreements can be for payment. Nothing is 100% decided, no one has come out to clear anything up 100%. The discussion is ongoing. What I would urge you to do, hearing about the different pieces of information that will come out with regards to this story, is to use it to inform your own opinion about how voice actors should be paid and think of everybody involved. This includes the developers at Platinum Games, not the individuals that make these types of decisions. Konami came in with a bunch of surprises in its Silent Hill transmission earlier this morning for the Australians, where it announced several games currently in development, including a bunch of other properties. First off, there is a Silent Hill 2 remake that will be coming to PS5 and PC, and it is being developed by the Bloober team, which you may remember has been rumoured for a long while to be one of the potential developers that would be tackling Silent Hill. Scottish developer No Code and publisher Annapurna Interactive will be tackling Silent Hill Townfall, which proposes to be a bit of a different Silent Hill experience than previous games have been. Silent Hill F has also been announced as a minor spin-off from an acclaimed Japanese writer. We also have Silent Hill Ascension, which is a new immersive project where people can contribute and participate in the overall story of Silent Hill. With development between Genvid Entertainment, Bad Robot Games, Behaviour Interactive and DJ2 Entertainment, 
this looks to be a big project. Last big present they had for us was a Return to Silent Hill film, the third in the series that will be directed by Christoph Gans, the director of the first Silent Hill, and filming will be underway very shortly. Links are in the show notes to watch the transmission yourself, and the feeling that I got from it was that people were talking like they were in a hostage video. That's kind of the feeling you get from Japanese showcases sometimes because of the way that they structure their presentations, but knowing the backstory around Konami and how they could just drop gaming again in another second, it seems like a bit of an unusual way to approach announcing this game to the world again. In the US, Comcast has pulled the plug on G4 TV, the return of the Gamer Focus TV network that covered gameplays, reviews, discussions, interviews, a bunch of stuff, and the revival was very interesting for those who enjoyed it in their youth. Unfortunately, Comcast pulling the pin on it meant that the employees who were a major part of it, and are often a lot of them big video game media personalities, weren't informed early enough and they didn't really approach the communication too well. This was apparent on the latest Giant Bombcast where Danny Pena, who was a major part of that team, talking about money drying up, accounts being closed and really weird communicative behaviours before any of them even found out. A lot of companies are trying to consolidate their revenue at the moment. This joins Fanbyte and a number of other gaming media outlets that have suffered layoffs recently. So if you have an opportunity to support the video game media people that you love, then please make sure to track them down and let them know. EA is choosing to shut down a number of online services for games that are still currently in tow. And I'd say that this is also a way for them to save a bit of money on the side. The titles that will have their services shut down include Command & Conquer Red Alert 3, Onrush, which only came out a couple of years ago, Super Mega Baseball, Mirror's Edge, NBA Jam on Fire Edition, and Gatling Gears. The games should still be available to play. Any online services that would connect you with multiplayer or online ranking boards and the like will likely become unavailable. If you'd like to know the schedule for when these services will be switched off, the article is linked in the show notes. And now for some quick headlines to keep you informed. Insomniac has reassured fans via Twitter that Spider-Man 2's release date will still appear in 2023. Overwatch 2 players, with all the issues cleared up apparently, are still unhappy with cosmetic microtransaction pricing available in the game. Seems like it's too much without much variance in the cosmetics available. The developers of Gotham Knights have confirmed that the game coming out will be locked to 30 frames per second and there will be no performance mode available despite it coming out on current gen consoles. That's PS5 and Xbox Series X. Riot Games has acquired Wargaming Studio in Sydney and rebranded it to Riot Sydney, thereby expanding the reach of Tencent into the gaming industry, but also a bit of an expansion on the ever-increasing Australian games development scene. Disney Dreamlight Valley, the game that has captured a planet, is rolling out an update that will include 100 bug fixes and improvements, including performance on the PS4 and Switch versions of the game, and an improved cloud save system to prevent conflicts. The producer of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the anime coming off of Cyberpunk 2077, has confirmed that it's a standalone work and that there will not be a season two. Console sales in the UK jumped 41% across Xbox, PlayStation and Switch, but the market is still down, according to gamesindustry.biz. And lastly, a parting glass for Bethesda's Ferre Bourdon, 
who has died. He's a games industry veteran and worked on such popular games as Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and Dragon Age 2. Rest in peace, my friend. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. If this is your first episode, welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. If you like the show, jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to submit a special story for a Network Intel episode, get in touch by email deaddroppod at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at MattBlissPod if you'd like to send me feedback or get in touch with me about the show. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Thank you.